Welcome to Go For Side Effects, everybody. I'm your host, Kevin Simon. And tonight, I got very special guests that are going to be on with us. But y'all know my co-host, John, which he's going to get in trouble by the end of the night, I guarantee you. <laughs> and then you hey. all know Wade. How y'all doing today, guys? Doing good. Doing great. All right. And I want to introduce everybody to my daughter, Haley. Haley, say hello. Hi. Hi, Haley. And everybody else in Wonderland is saying hello to you. <laughs> so tonight, we got a very special go for, we're not going to say babies because they're not babies anymore. Our kids, our family members who have been affected by the Gulf War. And so uh, let's start off the topic by first uh, telling everybody a little bit about yourself, Haley. Like about me personally or my health issues? You personally. Okay. Um, I am a student, um, student teaching right now currently. Uh, we'll be graduating in May. I have a daughter and a husband, and that's really takes up most of my time, school <laughs> and family. That's very true. And a wonderful granddaughter we have, by the way. And so we're going to kick this off by, you know, first talking with Haley about what's, you know, I know you listen to, you know, the podcast and everything, and the first time that we really noticed about you having issues, what were they? Um, I began, uh, I had started with like low blood sugar um, and passing out a lot and we weren't sure what was going on. Um, I was in drill team. Uh, I danced most of my life, but by the, uh, when I was 16 in drill team before the games, um, I would feel real sick. And I would hardly make it to the end of the night, you know, because with all the practice, you uh, you don't really eat much, and so my blood sugar would drop really fast. And so we thought hypoglycemia, and then it wasn't hypoglycemia. Um, we thought some kind of result of um, uh, Gilbert syndrome, um, but we really couldn't figure out what was going on. I was just passing out and didn't feel good i could uh, hardly get out of bed most days yeah and on top of that when we were there um like when Haley would even work her work would call us come pick her up because she'd be passing out and so well, what, what age was this kevin 16 yeah about 16 and it really progressed more around 17 i think in between 16 and 17 was when it was really uh progressed wouldn't you say so yeah I, w I would say my junior year of high school i i spent majority of it really in the hospital and in doctor's offices yes i will contest to that <laughs> i met the deductible by march yeah and so what did they end up diagnosing you with? So I wound up being diagnosed with Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, um, POTS, and dysautonomia, um, which they call kind of like the triad. Um, so the triad, the third one um, of like the POTS dysautonomia is kind of combined together, and then you have EDS. And then the third one is they were looking for towards the end of my uh, junior year in high school, uh, closer to my senior year was um, MCAS, um, 
which is the multiple uh, cell disorder where, you know, you have a flare-ups. They were looking for that for my GI symptoms, but uh, they you can only find it during a flare-up, and it's hard to find. And they're really, um, really skeptical about doing all of those tests on someone so young. Uh, and the insurance r- didn't really want us to go through with it. <clears throat> so, um, we, uh, so I'm formally diagnosed with Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome and POTS, but we have no sort of diagnosis for uh, what's wrong with my GI system. Would you would you mind describing your GI symptoms? Yeah, so it started with um, just real bad pain. I uh, couldn't get out of bed, and then I spent every morning uh, sort of throwing up. And so they put me on um, antacids, and, I mean, that kind of helped, but it wasn't any sort of GERD or anything like that. Um, they did a stomach emptying test because they thought maybe I had an issue like where my stomach just wasn't emptying all the way and so I was just throwing up um because my stomach couldn't empty itself um I so further into that I got um I got just such bad stomach pain they couldn't find the result um, I had a baby and then my gallbladder had to be taken out, um, and which is common with, um, pregnancy or gallbladder sort of, um, is overloaded by that. So my gallbladder came out and then after that I had, um, diverticulitis, which is extremely rare in uh, my age group. And so within the span of a year, I had, uh, two colonoscopies. Um, yeah, which they, the doctors were not happy about that. And my, I, uh, later went to a different GI for another opinion, you know, because it's just, uh, frustrating to hear nothing's wrong, but, uh, if you have another flare up of diverticulitis, we're going to have to take out that part of your colon, you know, like, um, so they also took me, um, you know, through the CAT scan, just everything, blood tests, everything. Um, and they found no reason why I had diverticulitis, uh, cleared up the infection. And then, uh, October, so that happened January of 21, October of 21, I was back in the hospital for, uh, unidentified lower GI bleed, still have no idea what caused it. Um, and, they and I like randomly will get them now from time to time, but I just don't. I don't go back to the hospital for it because they, um, they didn't do anything for me, so I won't go unless I need blood for it. And of course, and, and, and sorry, John, but and of course, I when she was bleeding, I went in the hospital. I'm like, they're not going to find a diagnosis. They're just not. And you know, it, it's just the truth. I mean. So uh, what I would like to do, John, did you have a question? Well, I mean, so did you, uh, for your pots, uh, Haley, did they, did did they give you a tilt table test? Uh, So my doctor's office did not have a tilt table. So we did it makeshift where I laid down, stood up, laid down, stood up, laid down, stood up over and over and over again. 
Um, so yes, that's how they diagnose it is a tilt table, but you get the same results. Did you pass out pretty quickly? Um, I, so I didn't let myself pass out. Um, all they had to see was the blood pressure rise like that. So yeah, so my, my heart rate, uh, skyrockets and blood pressure drops. And then, uh, so then I would, I just like sat down and I was like, okay, you saw what you needed to see, right? Like, yep. Because... I, I don't like passing out. Um, no one. Yeah. Um, I, I passed out uh, at work and the uh, drive through of um, a very popular corporation where you stand. They have their workers standing outside. Um, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Um, they're closed on Sundays. Um <laughs> They sell chicken. Yeah, they. Uh, I was standing outside taking orders, and I started to feel real bad. So I start calling, like, "Hey, can I get some water or come inside or switch out with someone really quick?" And we were so busy that they just didn't answer me. And so I wound up passing out in into the like drive-through where the cars were, and uh, my uh, manager and my um, boyfriend at the time, husband now was working there too and he came running outside and they carried me in um but so that that was fun that's the last time I've really let myself get to the point where I will pass out as soon as I feel like I'm going to I uh lay down or sit down or put my head between my knees because um I just I do not like passing out yeah and um I, I want you to when we're talking about Wade Wade's daughter has a lot of common things uh, with you uh, around the, about the same time, which I, we thought was weird. Okay, so like the stomach issues and all of that? Right. She she was also diagnosed with uh, POTS. And okay. About, give or take. She's uh, She'll be 20 in March. Okay, I'm 20. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, by about in that 16, 17 time frame, um, she was diagnosed with, with the POTS. Uh, she's been... Uh, she did the colonoscopy and endo scheduled for another one later this, this year yeah. down at the university. Um, uh, diagnosed with anorexia, mm. uh, generalized anxiety disorder. And, um, but yeah, the, the, the GI issue is, is horrible, but like you said, the severe pains, um, yeah. where the stomach hurts, you know, you just start crying. You don't want to move. Yeah. I, um, so there's just one specific time in my mind where I was just frustrated. Um, we had gone to the hospital because of my stomach pains. And it was like my stomach was in pain, but also anytime I ate something, I was immediately nauseous. Yeah. Um, or yeah. I had to go to the bathroom right away. Like yeah. I c couldn't keep anything in um, and it, it hurt. Um, so my mom took me to the hospital. Gave me fluids, pat me on the back, sent me on my way because I couldn't find anything. Um, and they found in my blood test that I had um, inflammation somewhere. And so their immediate thought, I also was running fever. So their immediate thought is um, appendicitis. So they sent me to get an ultrasound for that. There was nothing. So they look at my gallbladder, nothing. And they can't find the inflammation anywhere, but that's not really the ER's job anyways. So, um, you know, they gave me, you know, said, go back to your primary care and they'll figure out, you know, you must have an infection somewhere. Um, 
it was a high CRP. So they sent me, um, so the next day I wake up and I'm in pain and I, I mean, just in so much pain that my mom's like, what do you want me to do? And take you back to the hospital. And, you know, she was frustrated too. And I was like, yes. So she takes me back to the hospital. It's the same doctor. And he's like, okay, if you're in this much pain, then we'll just admit you and run every test under the sun to figure out what's going on. And they did, and they found nothing. And that's what led my um, my allergist to believe that I probably had um, the mast cell uh, disorder. Okay, what, what's a mast cell disorder? Um, it's what I was talking about, MCAS, the uh, I can't remember all like the entire name of it now but it's um mass cell inflammatory disorders basically where uh you you flame like flare up you have flare-ups like uh i've had um like i'll just break out into rashes sometimes random fevers under stress and stuff like that and so that could be it but i'm not formally diagnosed so so kevin while this what your daughter's going through all this did you realize at the time that she was struggling with that, that she likely was having these issues because of your service time? I knew right away. Did you? Yeah. I, as soon as the bleeding came, I was like, mm-hmm, they ain't going to find one damn thing wrong with you. And, and, and the weird part is, is for those who have kids, you feel horrible about it. You know, you see your kids struggle and everything, and you can't explain to them what they have because you don't know what they you have and everything. And so it's been really, really weird of the time that when me and Wade were talking about his daughter, my daughter going through it at the same time and everything. And uh, I, I want to say hi to Sarah that is just now joining us. And Ryan, how are y'all doing? Not too bad, you? Oh, we're doing great. Um, So we were explaining about my daughter and her problems with her GI and EDS pots, everything. uh, They can't. The YouTube people are having trouble hearing the Zoom people, so. Okay. But someone's going to come fix that. Okay. And so... um, Now, are y'all able to also hear uh, uh, John and Wade and Haley? Hey, Ryan, Sarah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. How you doing? Good, you guys? Not too bad. No, they can only Good. Your feed. Guys, had a safe drive back? Oh, yeah. We just got back. Literally just <laughs> got back. Oh, okay. Yeah, only one idiot on the road that wanted to break ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, you, you know, um, when when Haley was a baby, I um, I never once thought that what is the possibility of her, you know, ever getting you know anything we got from the Gulf War, and and that's one thing that I, you know, now look back. She's had pneumonia more than anybody i known. At least once a year, she was in a hospital for it. Mine was a strep throat. She was good for a strep throat at least once or twice a year. 
Yeah. Just, just um, had her in yesterday. I had a strep throat so often they couldn't, they had to keep switching out the different antibiotics they were giving yep. me. Um, yep. And so eventually they said just to take the tonsils out because I had had it just so many times. So um, that's what I'm very surprised they haven't, they didn't either take them out or suggest that in the past, but yeah. You you know, um I just was a very like sick sick kid from from when I was a baby. I was colicky and everything. And my daughter was the same thing. I mean, my my daughter had terrible colic. My wife still will sit there and, you know, tap her leg because my daughter, I mean, she was completely opposite of my son and she immediately I mean, she was only born a year after my son, like a year and 10 days after my son. So um, had a multitude of issues herself, but I, I don't. So there's a 10 year difference between your guys' daughter and mine. My daughter's 30. So. Oh, I could add a comment. <laughs> it's, it's an old comment, but you know, who, who, who was counting on this? You know what I mean? You know? Oh, you're going to go to the age thing. You're going to call me old bastard. <laughs> I know. I see where this is going already. I know. I, I see how you are. Well, I have a question, John. You brought up pots. Does yes, any, any of your kids ever been diagnosed with anything? My daughter has pots. You know, isn't it weird that it's mainly found in females? Did Did you have the attention to uh, the, the Facebook group, the Go for Babies and Parents group? She threw out a a random question about, you know, signs and symptoms. And this has been, you know, a month or two ago, less than two months ago. And I just kind of paid attention to the responses and looked and I, and I kept track in uh, POTS and uh, digestive issues and uh, mental conditions were the three top that, you know, I just kind of randomly not feeling any scientific, but randomly tracked. It seemed to be in the highest of uh, and I didn't break it down by male or female but that was what this, it seemed like she got the highest response for. Wow. That's Which I just thought, crazy. I thought that was interesting because us just in a small community group talking about it. It's kind of, so I asked, so I said, my daughter's 30. So, you know, it's right, right after, I mean, so she was born clearly, I mean, you know, I mean, in, in, in May of, of, of uh, 92, and I just think it's kind of interesting because us as Gulf War veterans and a lot of us that are in our 40s, mostly in our late 40s and 50s are just those of us who've had communication and start to understand through our research that, oh, what I'm dealing with is a result of the fact during my time in, in the Gulf. Um, or, you know, in Sarah's case, you know, the vaccine thing. It's just, it's kind of interesting. And I'm, I didn't put two and two together until, I don't know, 2016, 2017, something like that. And it was kind of, and, and, and I hadn't been on the internet trying to figure out because I didn't even consider the fact that it could be something related to my service. Never dawned on me. Well, now you know? this will be an interesting question. Sarah, how yes, about sir. your, uh, how about for y'all, for, for your children? I would like to know, uh, mm -hmm. do they have any effects from you being vaccine injured? We don't know if it's specifically related, you know, cause, uh, not always being causation. 
or correlation, not always being causation. But they did have some similar things to your daughter's expressing allergies, um, which, you know, is normal kid things. Um, uh, my oldest daughter seems to have a lot more neurological, possible neurological components. She's been diagnosed with uh, um, different mental health concerns, but the things that are, uh, are trouble to diagnose are mental health and neurological. Those are like the top two um, most difficult right. diagnoses. How about POTS? concerns for myself and that's what i was going to ask about your daughters and others that have uh, been diagnosed with pots i was diagnosed with pots in 2015 when the neurologist at the university of washington gave me what was called a qsarts test and that's when they determined that my pots was caused by autonomic neuropathy and my autonomic neuropathy was caused by nerve damage which the war-related illness and Ill, illness and ill injury and illness studies center out of Palo Alto, California, had diagnosed me um, with uh, what they believe um, is GBS that caused the nerve damage that caused the autonomic neuropathy. So until we have more research and more studies, of course, to determine what is causing these issues, um, it's all. Um, it's all uh, hypothesis at this point, but I do believe that either our children have uh, genetic mutations passed on from us, from the toxic exposures that have genetically mutated our genetic makeup, and it is not just affecting those that gave birth while on active duty, but it's also affecting those children that have been given birth after service as well yeah and, and that that's what needs to be done you, you know um you know with the burn pits out there i know wade you want to talk about that uh what do you want to bring up about that well i've been doing quite a bit of research and just doing a lot of a lot of reading and talk to a uh vso actually with the vfw today had a long conversation with him um i I think it's, in my opinion, of course, this is just, this is an opinion paced group here that we have, and we're not all going to have the same opinion. So if you disagree with me, I still love you. Um, <laughs> but you're wrong. Anyway, so <laughs> look, we get back to the original reason for this podcast, goal for illness. Okay. I've, I've been dealing with this since 1995. Um, this is the signs and symptoms which you guys have all seen for goal four illnesses that is presumed if, if it's presumed if you served in desert storm and you have this it is presumed that you, you you're good to go out of this i have yet to be rated for anything but i have five of the conditions i'm sure that's very common among a lot of goal four illness veterans like the, the VSO told me today, just because it's a presumed condition, don't presume you're going to get rated for it. Um, in 95, I was in my mid-20s. Now that we're at 2023, I'm in my mid-50s. You know, our bodies are aging. Um, 
the current one that I'm dealing with at the VA, I'm just gonna use my own personal health history and, and, and use, use the facts that we have here. I'm, I'm in an appeal for cluster headaches. This has been going on for 12 years now. Um, cluster headaches are, are described as a neurological condition from unknown etiology, mean unknown effects. We have no idea how or why they're caused. My, they have presumed condition for go for illness, neurological signs and symptoms fits cluster headaches or headache, right? Fits cluster headaches. But yet both of those are presumed, but yet it has taken me 12 years and countless appeals and nothing. But in May of 22, Robert Haley from Texas signed off on the final thing that sarin is the sole, sarin exposure being the sole cause of our illness. But with the three sets of different groups of people Sarah being vaccine injured, Kevin, you were on a ship in the ocean, and John and I in the sand, we were in three different locations, three different times. I, I personally don't buy into that. But if we were to believe that, the government would have to admit that they caused this whole thing because we, we, we blew up the sarin, we exposed our troops. Well, they don't wanna do that because that's a lot of money. And then lo and behold, we come up with the PACT Act, which just came out. No, everybody has stopped talking about Gulf War illness. And now everybody's on the bandwagon for the PACT Act, which I'm, I'm a, what, I'm great, jump on. So now the PACT Act, the presumptive, again, back to my own, reproductive cancer. I have prostate cancer. I'm filing a claim just to go through the motions for Comp and pen for prostate cancer, melanoma. I've had four different large chunks of melanoma removed. It's a presumptive. Am I gonna get awarded? We'll wait and see. Asthma, sinitis, both of those, we'll see. A lot of people, they throw this out there and a lot of people get excited. There's a lot of veterans, even Gulf War veterans of today that don't even know these exist. And then all of a sudden we get a nice media buzz, a nice Facebook buzz. And then all these veterans run to the VA. Well, the VA's numbers jump up huge. Well, the VA needs money. Their budget jumps up. And in my opinion, again, this is just nothing to get bodies into the VA to get their budget up to, to continue on doing a business as usual. And it's taken over 30 years that we started with the original one. Is it going to take 30 more before we get the, is anything done with burn pits? Right. And John, you were in the desert. I know what a burn pit in the desert storm looked like. And that was just a hole that we threw MRE boxes in, letters from home, generalized trash, threw a little, a little bit of diesel on it and caught it on fire. And That's poop. not a burn pit. And, and you, you, you saw one example of the burn pit that I put on was burning human feces. That yeah, was, oh, you, you, you got your, you had your little barrel. We'd pour some diesel on it, and you, yeah, okay. Uh, and Sarah, I'm sorry, I, I didn't, I didn't miss you. Is it, is it Brian? Ryan, I apologize. Brian. Brian, okay. Brian. Your post. Brian, yeah, your your post nine eleven. Yeah, correct. I, I joined in ninety four. Okay. I joined in Desert Storm, and I've done the burn pits in Iraq. You've seen what a real burn pit is. Yeah, I did the burn pits. I lived on an oil refinery for nine or for eight months. And we were constantly walking through the oil slugs that was on the ground. 
in Iraq. And the constant burning 24-7, medical waste, all kinds of waste are burning. And it's burning, and you're breathing it in 24-7. The burn pits, which was a burn hole or, you know, a bonfire, if you will, a big bonfire, that's what we had in Desert Storm. You don't sit there when you're on the border of Saudi and Iraq and have a big, big, ginormous fire going, you know, to let the enemy know where you're at. And to me, I think it's, I think it's a crock of shit. Um, I think it's going to go nowhere. I mean, I could be wrong. That's the only reason I'm filing. I'm going through and filing this just so I can come back in six months to see let everybody know where I'm at. Um, yes, I'm fired up. Sorry, Kevin. No, the no, 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 no. That's good. The war-related illness and injury study center, the only reason it was even presented and started was because of Gulf War veterans. But now they're branching off and they're studying everybody else. But what about, what do we, just like us, what do we start for? They're, they're, they're studying and they're studying and they're studying, but nobody's coming up with, with a causation or a cure, not even a treatment. Right. And, but we're moving, but you're going to tell me not, not only did we come up with one, but we came up with three vaccines for the world's deadliest epidemic virus. And we came up in six months to a year, we came up with three vaccines. You got to be shitting me. <laughs> and see, but that, that's what bothers me. That's what this bothers me the most. This money game. Get the bodies in the door. And, you know, they're going to deny, deny, deny until you die. And I'm sorry. That's the way I feel. And, yeah, and it, it, I have a letter in my, in my medical records for the burn pits and the oil refinery. But my percentage for those is zero. I didn't get rated for, by those. Correct. For, zero. I have IBS. Zero. Yeah. So, and, and I mean, in 2020, I died 70 times in two months. I passed a blood clot, destroyed half my heart and my lungs. And it's just back and forth between a civilian hospital and dealing with the VA. I mean, I have almost $200,000 in hospital bills still that the VA has not paid for all my surgeries in 2020. See, and, and that, that's just wrong. I, I, I know that with a lot of things out there, that they could come up, like, you know, you were talking about, Wade, that, oh, they can get a vaccine to save all these lives, but they can't figure out what was in the anthrax vaccine. But it's, you know, it is interesting, uh, all of y'all, you know, we haven't really talked about the whole vaccine um, in, in reference to, you know, our government. And, and we I mean, we've talked a little bit about we've the covid and, and like Wade says, they somehow managed to come up with a vaccine and in short order. But yet they couldn't come up with something for ourselves. And we're all we 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 really don't use the word guinea pigs lightly because that's exactly how we all feel. Um, anybody that's had any uh, issues from the military, because uh, we're the ones that signed on the dotted line and we all don't, we'd all do it again. Um, everybody has regrets about certain things. But, yeah, the, this this COVID, uh, the vaccine thing. And, of course, our government, depending on who you're listening to on the news stations, they keep on pushing. Well, now you got to get the va vaccinated for this or you got to get vaccinated, a boost for that. And I'm like, oh, hell no. No, I did it twice. Twice. And that's it. I mean, yeah, maybe I maybe call my call me gullible, if you will, like three quarters of the rest of the nation. 
um, with a few holdouts. But I mean, we, we all make our choices, right? I bet. Uh, yeah. You know, right. Can't come up with a vaccine from what we from what we went through. But yet they can pound out a vaccine and, and they say, well, medicine's changed. Well, my aching ass. No, well, it's about what our government wants us to. OK, you know, but, wants the people to leave. But think about this, John. Wait, Sarah, think about this. If you're exposed to anthrax, what's the first thing they give you? Give you? Cipro. Atropine. Cipro. Cipro will fight uh, off the anthrax. So why did we just take Cipro the whole damn time while we were out there? Well, the claim is that the did the we back- have Cipro back then? I don't even know. Yes. Did we? Okay. Yes. I didn't. I don't know. I'm ahead, sorry, Sarah. Sarah. I was just going to say the claim is that the vaccination was supposed to minimize the effect of the possibility that you were exposed to anthrax. And then the event that you were exposed, then you would get the antibiotic to treat the anthrax exposure. But I do know that veterans that have been exposed to anthrax that had to take the antibiotic for over a year after the exposure. And, um, and the complications from the antibiotic as well. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, good. Good clarification. So, <laughs> so Ryan, what what would you say was, is different from when you got out of the military? So, when did when, when did you ETS, Ryan? I retired in 2012. 2012. Okay. So, what would you say is different from your time in service versus our time in service? about the medical things? Medical field across the board in the VA and in the military, almost all branches, it is substandard. They are there just as what they are, as a Band-Aid. They don't really do anything to help fix anything. That's why all, all of my last surgeries since 2018 to now, have been done in a civilian hospital. The VA, I won't allow the VA to touch me. And every six months I have to go in and get a heart cath done. And they go through my juggler vein and the VA wants to do it. I won't let them do it. Right. Because and you, you are young. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm 46. I've had five heart attacks. Oh, shit. Uh, Holy crap, really? I take wow. three different medications now. Not that literally are here to keep me alive. I've been on blood thinners since 2008 when I got blown up in Iraq. And I mean, I've probably passed half a dozen or more blood clots. I mean, I've, I trashed my back. I broke my back in 2009. Everything that I've done since I got out has all been civilian hospitals. I will not go to the VA. I just don't trust them. And I've been to several, I've been, lived in several different places and been to several different VAs and I still don't, I don't trust them. Well, that's like with Haley. I'm I'm gonna bring her back on. You, You know, what does it feel like knowing that later on that you may not know ever know what it is. I mean, how, what, what does that make you think about? 
Um, well, it's frustrating and it's uh, also sad to think about all the kids out there of um, Gulf War vets who still probably aren't informed on everything. Um, it is so hard to go to hospital after hospital, doctor after doctor, test after test, and be told that all of your tests are normal, you're fine. Um, on the on the kids' side of it, I can tell you that we are told over and over again that we're young and that um, we're not in pain and that we're not a, like we're not overly exhausted. We're not we're just dehydrated or you know you're not eating enough or you know whatever. Like you're told time and time again that you're not really sick and that you're just um, you know it's your fault you're not you're not drinking enough water that's why you're passing out and then you know you get diagnosed with things and you feel understood but then you get those diagnoses and they tell you in turn there's nothing you can do for it so do they Haley do you often tell whoever whatever provider that you see that you uh, are a golf war baby are they aware of that do you make them aware of that or no um, so I mostly tell them, uh, uh, about the disorders that like I have now, but I don't, since I've had, uh, my daughter, I, uh, haven't had like a real primary care physician. Um, they're, they've been hard to come by cause you know, I went from pediatrician to having a baby. Like my pediatrician took me up until I had a baby. Um, so I haven't found a, a true primary care doctor that I've gotten, you know, into it with just um, only, but, you know, and then before I just wasn't informed. Like I, we really thought, we thought maybe it could have to do with um, Gilbert syndrome that my dad had um, when he was younger, but it's really not the same symptoms. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but <laughs> she got this toe, by the way. Yeah. It's a toenail, and it, we call it the fugly toe. Yeah, I got that. <laughs> I got that because of his Gilbert syndrome. It's uh, just like a, a thicker, like, um, thicker nail than the rest. It's almost like calcium. Idea. My oldest daughter has the same thing. Really? What is it again? Explain it again. It's called Gilbert syndrome. It's she's Gilbert. Talking, Gilbert. She's talking about the toe. Yeah, yeah, but she, Sarah, you're talking about the toe, right? Yeah. Uh, Gilbert syndrome is you. One out of three million people in the United States get it. It's not deadly, but it can be mistaken for uh, a lot of things, and like jaundice, anything where you turn yellow. Where you turn yellow and all that, and so uh, I was I was diagnosed with that in the military, and it's something they say is hereditary. You don't, you know, they're like, oh yeah, you didn't get it from the Gulf War, but they diagnosed me in the military with it, hmm. and so that literally, I passed that down to her big toe. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a, it's permanently yellow, um, and just thicker than it's just a really really thick nail just one toe yeah one just toe. one toe just like wow. my okay. my ring finger toe oh huh. yeah so every time she looks at that toe no no not at all um 
you actually less feeling i would say in that nail than any other it's just such a like just a really really thick nail we are uh, we're coming to the end now uh, of the program but we are going to bring this more of this topic back up because i know wade's got a lot of information he wants to bring hey, out and, there and when we say when we say uh when we sign off everybody just hang tight because we kind of made a mistake last time and yeah, I got off a little fast. But <laughs> I, I want to leave, uh, Wade, Wade, go ahead. I want to leave you with your, your last words. Um, I say it every time. I'm still in this fight, mostly for the kids. Um, I don't have high hopes that uh, for us adults, you know, they're going to find a cure. I just encourage everybody just to keep fighting. Don't give up, you know, just keep driving forward. That's what, you know, that's what we we're trained to do. Keep going, you know, keep your head high. Sarah and Ryan. Y'all can each have your own last words. I just want to say thank you again for having us on the show. Thank you, Kevin, and everyone for all that you do for our veteran community. Um, I think it's very important that everyone understands that all the things that we have now, all the benefits we have achieved are because of veterans that have stood up and fought for those rights and stood before U.S. Congress and mandated that the VA take care of us. And that's what we're doing right here today in the ground table. So I just want to say thank you for all of you for coming together and making a difference. Because the only way that we make a change in the VA is by coming together. How about you? Well, thanks for allowing me to be on the show. And you know, one of the main things is, even if the VA says no, you know, for me, I want that second opinion. I want that third opinion. So as soon as they tell me no on anything, I just turn around and say, I need a referral to the outside. And I go find a different doctor. I mean, I've driven, the furthest I've driven was six hours to go see a different doctor. Wow. Just to find out the truth and then bring it back to the VA because they're, they're going to hold back on what they're going to tell you. They're not going to give you the whole story and they're going to hold back and cut it out. And I think it's wrong. They should be upfront and honest, you know, regardless of what the issue is, they should be upfront and honest. I mean, that's the only way we can find a way to get better, live a more uh, profitable life. Man, well-spoken. Haley, you got any last words? Uh, thank you for having me on and, you know, talking with me. It's so crazy to hear all of the different things that the children have in common. And I think there should be a deeper dive into that for sure. Because um, needless to say that if all of these things are uh, re reoccurring in children, it's possible that things were genetically modified, you know, within uh the gulf war vets which is crazy and uh not okay i agree to that i agree 100 <laughs> percent. and to you john what are them last famous words i don't have any <laughs> really last famous words so to speak i just i just uh thanks for everybody for coming on uh it's uh this has been one of our more uh, somber podcasts only because, I mean, 
what we talk about is not, you know, not something any of us wanted to go through. It's just, it's just, you know, we accept it for what it is and looking, looking, uh, for things that can help us. And, uh, one of the things that, that I had, uh, my brother, he says, I, I just got to look forward, I have something to look forward to in my life when I, when I wake up. So, you know, every day to day, got to have something to look forward to, whatever the hell that something is, you know, whether you're able to work or, you know, just, I mean, I personally look, I, I volunteer at the high school. I, one of the things I really enjoy is, uh, you know, uh, being able to have the opportunity to teach young people. Um, I, I kind of phrase it as uh, outside of the box information that maybe the, uh, the instructor maybe doesn't have the time to share. So just give yourself something to look forward to, something to get out of bed in the morning for, because we all got to have that. Amen. And for my last final thoughts, they're good thoughts. No carrots, not, not like that. <laughs> no Polaroids. Uh, sorry, I had to bring that up. So sorry, I had to bring that up. All right, here's my thoughts. Keep beating the drums. Pound them as hard as you can until they hear us each and every one of us all the way from the korean war guys all the way up to the guys who are in now that are just getting out if we all don't come together we don't have a fight but with all of us in the same game on the same team we could kick their ass and we can start getting answers and start figuring out so everybody needs to beat that drum. And so I want to thank each and every listener out there. And, um, and right before we close, I do want to let everybody know. In 2023, we had our algorithms messed up by certain people out there uh, that I'm not going to go into full detail that downloaded our stuff and then spread it out. And so, uh, me, Sarah, Wade, and John all got talking about this and about what we, what our expectations for this podcast is. And we would like to take this and do roadshows. Come talk to people. Get the word out more. Have people come out there. So, we locked some of them down. And we only put them up for 99 cents that people want to go back, listen to the uh, podcast, uh, to the earlier shows. All of 2023 is going to stay up until 2024. We're going to lock them down and people can go, go back. This way we can raise money, help us also to put on a show, get out there, start spreading our message. That's what this is about. Uh, so, so to clarify, it, yeah, it, it's for, it's for month. It's not per show. It's, it's, it's 99 cents a month. So, you, you know, and if, if the FBI or anybody else wants to download my crap, by golly, come on, I'll take your damn money. The DOD, any of them. I mean, Senate, Congressman. That's how I feel about it. Y'all started this shit show. We're going to end it. We want the truth. That's all we're asking for. And we are asking 
for the ones who do come on here and, and talk about what they're going through and everything, we thank them. Ryan, yeah, it's nice meeting you, but you're definitely coming back on my show. Yeah, it, it's easy to ignore one voice. Right. But it's very hard to ignore a hundred or more. That's right. We need to keep this podcast going and share it and like it. But I want to thank each and every listener out there, and we're going to close with that. Y'all have a great night. Thanks, Thank everyone. Thank you for listening to Go For Side Effects. If you have any stories you would like to share or just have any comments or questions, please email me at kevinsimon at goforsideeffects.com.